magnifying glass is far away, so hopefully I won't need it. Only now, this is a quote, this is the margin shrank and Jung's talking, only now did I gradually come to what the mandala really is. Formation. Transformation. Ah. Transformation has the word formation in it, as well as trans. Anyway, um, the eternal mind's eternal recreation. I'm going to read that again. The eternal mind's eternal recreation. And that is the self with a capital S. The wholeness of the personality, which, when everything is well, is harmonious, but which can bear no self-deception. My mandala images were cryptograms on the state of myself, which were delivered to me each day. That's the end of the Jung quote, back to Sonu, the mandala appears to be that of August 6, 1917. This citation is from Goethe's Faust, 2, Act 1, 2, 6287, FF, end parentheses. When did the parentheses start? They didn't. The whole world, all life and time from the Big Bang and before until this moment has been in those parentheses. And the parentheses have ended. Ooh, I like it. Anyway, or it's a typo. Mestopheles is addressing Faust Giving him, dis, uh, giving him directions to the realm of the mothers. <coughs> 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 
Mistopheles in all caps, a glowing tripod will finally show you that you are in the deepest, most deepest ground. By its light, you will see the mothers. The one sits, others stand and walk. As it may chance, formation, transformation, the eternal minds, eternal recreation. Ah, okay, so that's not Jung, that's Faust making reference to you. Okay, good, good on you, Goeth. Goeth, Goeth, Goeth. All right. Um, covered in images of all creatures, they do not see you since they only see shade. Then hold your heart, since the danger is great, and go straight to that tripod. Touch it with the key. Are you thinking of Mini-Me and his exchange in uh, Goldmember? Because I am. Touch it with the key. Never mind. The letter to... The, so that's the end of the uh, Goeth... The letter to which Jung referred has not come to light. However, in a subsequent letter from November 21, 1918, sent from Chateau d'Eau, Jung wrote that, quote, M. Moltzer has again disturbed me with letters. And quote, let the white one go, man. Ugh. Sorry. He reproduced, oh, no. He reproduced the mandalas, okay, in the calligraphic volume of Liber Novus a decade later. In 1929, he anonymously described this sequence in his, quote, commentary on the secret of the golden flower. End quote. Um, it's in here. It's in here somewhere. Um, um, yes. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh yeah, this is from the commentary of The Secret of the Golden Flower. I have known a series of European mandala drawings in which something like a plant seed surrounded by membranes is shown floating in the water. Then from the depths below, fire penetrates the seed and makes it grow causing a great golden flower to unfold from the germinal vesicle. And, quote, the quotes never began. Everything until this moment 
has been in those quotes, and they have now ended. Or it's a typo. Then there he gave the following interpretation of this sequence. This symbolism refers to, oh, okay, so I think that that wasn't Jung, that was like from the actual text, and now Jung is going to comment on it. There he gave the following interpretation of this sequence. The symbolism refers to a quasi-alchemical okay, process of refining and ennobling. Darkness gives birth to light out of the, quote, lead of the water region, end quote, grows the noble gold. What is unconscious becomes conscious in the form of a living process of growth. Parentheses, Indian Kundalini Yoga offers a perfect analogy. End quote. In this way, the union of consciousness and life takes place. End quote again. Are those quotes? I don't know. I can't see. Um, okay. Back to Sonu. On July 30, 1917, Fanny... Excuse me, Fanny... Bowditch. <laughs> he has a wife, you know. Um, Fanny Bowditch Katz. If your last name is Katz, just go with like Samantha Ann, not Fanny Bowditch. They're going to make fun of her in school. Anyway, on July 30, 1917, Fanny Bowditch Katz. Fanny, of course, is another word in the UK for something that is another word for cat. Bow ditch, a ditch and a bow. You put the two images together. Never mind. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading. On July, sorry. Sorry for the juvenileness. On July 30, 1917, Fanny Bowditch Katz, who had analysis both with Jung and Mulzer, wrote notes of her discussion with Mulzer in which she spoke candidly of how Mulzer saw her relationship with Jung and their struggle, and how she had been to visit him in Chateau d'Eau during this period. Okay, so tiny font, margin change. I think this is Fanny Bowditch Katz talking now. Of this hour, it's hard to write. I had perfect rapport and stayed one and one quarter hours with her. At the end of the time, I felt lifted into another world almost as if I had been in a divine presence. She spoke wonderfully, as if inspired, and I saw more clearly than ever before what she is working for, what her struggle with Dr. Jung means. How wonderfully she spoke of the work she felt 
Chi and Dr. Jung, Dr. J, uh, were to do together, for which they are only the instruments, small atoms in the great universe of our duty to life, of the subjection of self for the benefit of all. All these feelings are coming to me now as never before. She spoke of the great struggle going on now in the world, the great agony, a couple things, but one second, which is the collective expression of the individual struggle. Four dots. She spoke of ISIS. Now, YouTube algorithm, uh, just a, a small note. Before that was the name of a terrorist organization, it was the name, the Greek name, given to the goddess Aset, or Isa, because even the et might have been a Greek suffix added afterward. She's the mother goddess, wife of Osiris. Anyway, um, where there was one time I, I posted, um, I posted the Golden Dawn album by uh, Brian Dahl. It was an interview with Brian Dahl and the album itself. And I tried to boost the posts on Facebook and it, it denied it and said it was politically sensitive. So I, you know, clicked whatever it was to like refute, to rebut, to request that they do it again. And just very simply wrote, you've mistaken this for the recent uh, political party in Greece. However, in this context, Golden Dawn refers to an initiatory order similar to the Freemasons, uh, which was started in England in 1888. And then they approved it. So someone over at Facebook has a brain. There was another time I posted this Dharamshala Dalai Lama, very Tibetan-y video, and then boosted it. And someone said, you, uh, we've deactivated your account. You, you have crossed the line there, buddy. So many times you have broken our terms of service. We're canceling everything. We're canceling, you know, all this crap. So I, I just clicked, uh, try again, buddy, you know, because there's nothing about this video that, you know, is going to have that kind of reaction. They wrote back, well, we did check again. And yeah, you've broken all the terms of service. You're a total piece of shit, you know, and I was like, I clicked again, you know, review this, and I, I wrote, what is it about the Dalai Lama and Dharamshala which raises such a red flag for you? Someone else got it, and they apologized. They said they've reactivated my account, they've approved the boost, and they've bumped me up to, like, premium status. I'm now, like, the creme de la creme of Facebook uh, posters. So a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff there. It's not just uh, fundamental fundamentalist Christians that are abusing their positions at Facebook to, uh, to knock down occult posts. It's also CCP-loyal uh, people who are abusing their position to try to keep everyone from being aware that this exists or used to. Anyway, um, 
I'm going to get back to this. I just, it occurred to me that I wanted to mention something. I won't be a moment. I wasn't a moment, was I? Was that a moment? I made a mistake uh, yesterday when I said that uh, the story that I wrote based on that dream that I had was called, And Then I Woke Up. Um, and Then I Woke Up was something I wrote in 1990, and it was ridiculous. I mean, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was, I, excuse me, I was like 12. And uh, it's, it's there at the, toward the very end or at the very end, depending on when you order this. This, as it is, if you, if you decide, if you want to go search for this uh, and buy it today, it's good. It's fine. It's fine as it is. But in like a few months, and it's got, the thing is, this isn't available in Kindle. It's only available in paperback. It's like 30 bucks. But the reason for that is the high quality color illustrations that are all throughout. So I couldn't actually make it any cheaper than it is. And this includes a lot. Um, see, that's, I don't think I'm legally allowed to have that in my book, but nobody's complained so far. Um, here we've got bunch of trigenta sex numerals. Um, anyway, so yeah, this is a good this is a good book, I think. Um, let's see there's a transformations quote. Anyway, so so what this is is um, it's the small gray mouse, which is over there, and also smaller mouse is inside this book and uh, the multiverse cartographer is inside this book. So all three of those books are inside of this book. And there's a fourth section which is unique to this book, which is called bonus material. It's called Second Fruit and Other Bonus Material. And uh, it, it includes some of my old stories. It even includes Ruler of the World, which was renamed The Dream Within. Here's me. Uh, reciting that a long time ago, 1990. And uh, yes, Clayton, um, you're in that video too, and I have it. So if you don't have a copy of that and you want it, let me know and I'll trim out the portion that, that you're in and put it up on the cloud, or I can put the whole thing on the cloud if you want to see Nerman and uh, everybody. Anyway, yeah, unrelated. So, so yeah, okay. Yesterday, I had said, or the day before, I had said that that story with the golden birds and the golden uh, tree or golden vines was in the middle of Smaller Mouse, this is Smaller Mouse, in a story called, and then I woke up. I was wrong. The story is called, Along With Everyone Else. So, that is now corrected. And... Yeah, this version starts off, I awoke in the middle of the night to many strange sounds. So for some reason, when I was putting this together, I decided to edit out that first paragraph, Charles saw images of a golden tree with many golden birds. And now you know 
some behind the scenes on that. So, taco, see, Edward Reed, taco, e burrito, 30 years of poetry, if you get them both, and uh, sonnet one. Here's sonnet one. Yeah, so he's a he's a GW basic program that uh, composes Shakespearean sonnets. So naturally, if you've seen Tron, then you already know that somewhere in the grid is a doppelganger of me wearing a blue light suit reciting Shakespearean sonnets. That's just, you know, common sense, right? Okay, done with the interlude, back to the text. <clears throat> she spoke of Isis, whose son, that's Horus, took her crown from her head and threw it on the ground. I threw it on the ground! What you think I'm stupid? Thank you. I've forgotten who, whose video that was, but you know, those guys. These guys. Those guys are fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, after which a new crown appeared on her head. A cow with the sun and the moon between her horns. Is this not what is happening to her through Dr. Jung's treatment? I guess. I mean, you know, I won't say that that's all horseshit. It's just not the version of the story that I am familiar with. And uh, the goddess with the sun and the moon horns is Hathor. Hathor. Um, who came from Sekhmet. Not Isis. But, uh, you know, there's like a million, like not a million, but there's at least probably a hundred different versions of each of these myths. Uh, because all the different, like, small cities were united under Thebes and uh, they tried to tie all their, their myths together into one like mono grand myth, sort of like the Greeks did with Athena and uh, the Christians did, of course, turning uh, the goddess Bridget into Saint Bridget and all that, Saint George and all that. So, where was I? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I threw it on the ground. The, uh, four dots. The next day, we talked for almost an hour in the dining room. Oh, right. We're still with Fanny Cats. Fanny Bowditch Cats. Right. She, in her pink kimono, perched on the table. Perched. Perched. Maltzer. This is M. Maltzer. Perched. In a pink kimono on the table. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, it takes different strokes, right? Um, shall I ever forget it? I won't. Um, she spoke of going to Chateau d'Eau to tell Dr. J of her, of his injustice to her. On one side, he is so fine, and on the other, almost a charlatan playing to the gallery. His attitude toward their differences is the attitude of the intellectual man, the historical man. 
four dots. Man, they were so woke back in 1917, don't you think? Sorry. Then she said, and oh, how did she, how she said it, with that wonderful faraway look in her eyes, that she felt that somewhere way down deep there must be an affinity between her and me, and that it is meant that I should do for R what she is doing for Dr. J. Okay. Uh, three dots. She evidently feels that R, who's R? has a great value which I can bring out. And she spoke of her overcoming the personal in order to do this. She certainly has with Dr. Jung, exclamation point, uh, end quote, I guess. By er Now we're back to Sony. So that's the end of Fanny talking. Now Sony's talking. By early 1918, the difficult is this too loud? I'm just curious. I like this track. Uh, my dad and I used to listen to this when we were going, going four-wheeling up in the Angeles Crest Mountains. Good memories. I remember I fell asleep listening to it, and I like had this weird, trippy, like I don't know, dream, I guess. But it was like it wasn't like visual. I mean, there were visual elements, and like I think because we were moving, so the feeling of moving and the the music of this song uh, combined, plus whatever like trippy ass shit we were he was talking about um, that day, and I remember like yes, it was like an alien thing, or he was always talking about other levels. He was into like he, you know. Not like multiverse, like, oh, there's a dimension where I have red hair, but like other levels, like where there are different types of beings, different, different type of universe, different, just different. Not like very grounded in any kind of scientific anything. Just, yeah, other levels. You can go there. Never mind. Um, so yeah, so it was like that. Uh, in, by early 1918, the difficulties between Mozart and Jung had intensified. On April 14, 1918, Jung wrote to Josef, I assume, because he's Jung. So if he's not Carl Jung, then he's not Joseph, right? Josef Lang, regarding a letter he had received from Mozart in which she had accused him of trying to destroy her relationship with Lang in a, quote, thirst for revenge. End quote. Jung asked Lang to indicate to Moltzer that he had not analyzed Lang's relation to her and didn't know or care about it. He said that he had no desire for revenge and that Moltzer simply couldn't accept what he said. He told Lang that he regretted that someone as valuable as Mozart had such idiotic fantasies and had been projecting rubbish onto him. He said he had broken off relations with her months ago, Mozart. Jung told Lang, claimed that Jung 
had an unresolved transference to her. This indicated to Jung that she was paranoid. He said that she also maintained that he couldn't recognize her independence. Jung considered that the problem was that she had a, quote, deeply degrading, end quote, conception of human nature, and always imputed the basest motive. That was why he had drawn back from her. Despite everything, she still wanted his friendship. While Moltzer claimed that Jung was projecting onto her, Jung maintained that the opposite was the case. He had left her in peace while she bombarded him with insults. That's it for today. Thank you for, you know, making it all the way through the video. Um, while I'm on the subject, do I have everything here? Uh, here's one. Oh no. You see, they're mostly over there. Next time, next time I record, because I don't want to like waste your time going over there again. But one thing, one thing I can show you is down here. Why is it so difficult to get to? Um, yes. So, you remember how I talked about, like, I, I always point to the Esoteric Nerd podcast. The full name of that is Very Honored or VH Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd podcast. That was my name in the Golden Dawn style initiatory order that I so lovingly refer to as the cult, which I left... Ten years ago? Ten years, six months, and five days ago. Um, that was my name. I still use it when it comes to certain things. Um, and this is the first book I ever published with this name. And then, so it, it, it's kind of like esoteric -y, but then I decided to do a presentation of it dressed as a normal person which was sort of the uh, precursor to this, where I had the book, the regular books, not those books, but I, I had basically regular books behind me. And I was wearing that, that uh, red shirt, the same one I was wearing in seven, in part seven of this, but not with my chest showing here. This was the part where I had the weird vision while I was in the passenger seat of my dad's 1986 Maroon Isuzu Trooper with tinted back windows. I was like, oh, stuff coming at me. Anyway, um, so I made that video dressed as a normal person and called Edward Reeb, author of the DNA alphabet. And, uh, and I break down all the letters and how they're constructed and what the whole concept of it is. Uh, and that you can find that here. And I recommend doing that. So now I've got to let 17 seconds go by. Otherwise, that link won't have shown up. <laughs>